0: Hi, this is Zach Haptenstahl, CEO and co-founder of Rise48 Equity. At Rise48, we partner with investors like you to purchase large apartment buildings that we renovate to increase the value and create a profit margin for our investors through monthly passive cash flow distributions and profits on sale. We're a vertically integrated company specializing in the Phoenix, Arizona and Dallas, Texas markets with over 200 plus full-time W-2 employees who are focused on making sure your investment is taken care of. To learn more about Rise48Equity's multifamily investments, schedule a call with me at rise48equity.com backslash invest. There's like millions and millions and tens of millions of, of LLCs out there that are active. So just imagine... All of those LLCs, all those people flooding a government website uh, to make sure that uh, it gets filed. So I would not be shocked that that system will get overwhelmed where it might crash or it might, you might not be able to get in and you're trying to. So that's why I encourage you guys to get on this early.
1: Hello, left fielders. Welcome to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. Our community is focused on networking and education to help
0: people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. This is MC Lobsher from Cashflow Ninja, and you're listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast.
1: Happy New Year, Left Field investors. We are starting something new. We plan to have one or two shorter episodes each month focusing on a specific Topic, and these will be released on Wednesdays. This is the first of those episodes, and we are going to talk about the Corporate Transparency Act, the CTA. It went into effect just a couple of days ago on January 1st, and it will impact almost everyone who is a part owner or full owner of an LLC. We are fortunate to have the premier syndication attorney and former asset protection attorney, Mauricio Raul, with us today to give us all the details about what we need to do to be compliant for this new law. Mauricio is the founder of Premier Law Group and specializes in syndications. He's also one of the co-hosts of one of our community's favorite podcasts, Drunk Real Estate. Mauricio was also a guest on episode 134 of Passive Investing from Left Field, released back in September of 2023. So please check that out. Mauricio, welcome to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Jim. Looking forward to this. Yeah, excellent. So just Please give us a brief introduction of who you are and what you do, remembering that people go back back to episode 134 if they want the full boat, but just a a brief intro here would be great.
0: Yeah, so I'm an attorney, man, Don't and please, please, please don't hold that against me. I'm actually a a pretty (laughs) normal guy. I'm I'm usually referred to as the anti-lawyer because I'm not your typical attorney, but uh, most of the time I'm representing syndicator sponsors. I, I help syndicators stay out of jail, so to speak, so I'm in charge of making sure they're raising capital in full compliance with federal securities laws primarily to protect the limited partners. So I know your, your audience is limited partners. So we, my job is really to protect the limited partners and therefore protect my clients as well. And I'm also a recovering asset protection attorney. So I've set up uh, probably thousands of LLCs over the past uh, 15, 20 years or what have you. Uh, and so uh, I'm really well versed in that, even though I don't necessarily specialize that in anymore. Uh, I've got the whole LLC uh, formation and asset protection and entity formations uh, pretty dialed.
1: Excellent. And and that is why we have part of the reason we have you on today. We're going to talk about the Corporate Transparency
0: Act. So let's just jump in. What is this? What is the CTA? Man, it is uh it is quite a piece of legislation. So this is a le- piece of legislation that effectively will affect anybody who has some type of entity, whether it's an LLC, a limited partnership, a corporation, an S corp, any of those things that you actually file. It's a new reg- uh, legislature that essentially will require you to provide the government with certain personal information so that they can figure out who you are, that you're not nefarious, that you're not a terrorist, that you're not trying to, you know, hide stuff, that you're not, you know, money laundering. And so they passed this law that goes into effect January first of twenty twenty four that essentially will take care of all that stuff. So you're no longer going to be able to, quote, unquote, hide behind your entities or be anonymous as it relates to the government anyway. So they know who you are, what uh, what nefarious activities you're up to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now you mentioned the government would find out about it. So if I have a Wyoming or Delaware LLC, um, I'm still the government will know who I am, but it will be still protected and hidden from other people.
0: Yeah, that's a great point because that was the number one question I get is, you know, privacy is such a big piece of the asset protection, right? That's one of my six layers. And so I really am a big believer in privacy. This will throw out the privacy as it goes to the government. But yes, a private enterprise, If you get into a car accident or somebody's looking to sue you. There's a plaintiff's lawyer digging around in theory anyway, according to the legislation, they're not going to be able to get access similar to your tax returns, right? Your tax returns are not something that people, the government knows about your taxes, but it's not something you can easily get to. And I think the same uh, idea is going with with the Corporate Transparency Act.
1: Okay. And then you mentioned that it's pretty much going to affect everybody who's uh, LLC owner, but there's, there's can you explain what the reporting company is and how that relates to a beneficial owner? Because those are two different things. And if I'm, if I'm both, do I report
0: twice? Yeah, so there's actually three sets of categories of people or entities that are affected, right? Number one is the actual, you mentioned the, the reporting company, meaning what's the, the, the LLC itself or the corporation itself that filed with the Wyoming Secretary of State or tech secretary. Of State. So the entity is a, is, the reporting company is somebody that has to comply with this rule and they've got to provide certain information to the government. And for those, it's pretty straightforward. What's the name of the LLC? Is there a, a DBA you know where is it uh domicile where was it registered registered to be set up and what's the address and then what's uh, sort of a usually an ein or some some corporate identification number and again most of the time it's going to be the employer identification number but it can be other things like you know each entity has a corporate entity name from the state so anything that identifies that entity so that's that's one of the categories so the llc itself just say it's LLC, when i say llc I'm talking about entities in general, but let's just call it an LLC because most people, I would say 80, 90% of people really have LLCs. So the LLC itself has to uh, file. Then all of the quote unquote beneficial owners of the LLC or the entity also need to file their personal information with the government. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky because like, well, what does beneficial owner mean? And ultimately what the government's trying to do is, is try and set up a scheme where there's no way you can get around this, right? If you're the ultimate owner, you can't say, "Well, my my owner's really an LLC or my trust or you know, or, or I've got you know, I don't even own it. I've got a profit sharing agreement, like whatever it means." They're trying to catch everyone. So essentially, what a beneficial owner means is one of two things: either one, you own 25% or more of the entity. So if you own 25% or more, you're a beneficial owner. So if it's just you, or you and one partner, or you and your spouse, you're a beneficial owner or anyone who has basically substantial control over that entity. So the manager, the manager, the manager, the co-managers, or even if you're not the manager, but you have a majority voting stake, right? If you, you know, well, you probably get caught up there on the on the other side too, but if you if you have control, like you have the ability to hire and fire the manager because you're out over here and you have the special powers, even though you may only own 1% of the company, but you have 56% of the shares, voting shares, you're gonna be somebody who has substantial control over the entity. And so you would also be required to provide your personal information, which we can get to in a second. And then the third group of people, which is more applicable to people like me, not necessarily you guys, is just whoever actually fires it. So me as the filer, and again, I've filed over a thousand of these, uh, the, the filer, you know, whether it's LegalZoom or your attorney or, or us, those are also, I have an obligation to provide information to the government as the person who is filing the LLC itself.
1: So the information that actually needs to be filed, you mentioned, it's really just some basic info. It's nothing too deep, right? It's an EIN, some other information. I mean, that's all. It sounds simple, right? Yeah.
0: So where it gets, so that's for the corporation or the entity. The entity I think is pretty, where I think some people are going to get, you know, all wound up about it is on the personal side. So they're ultimately trying to get to the ultimate owner. So eventually it's going to get to an individual, right? It's not going to be, even if the beneficial owner is an LLC, then we're going to see, well, who's the beneficial owner of the NSC or who has control over that LLC. So eventually we're going to get to individuals, right? So if I am now a, a, a beneficial owner Mauricio, I'm going to have to give the number one, my name, my full legal name, Number two, my home address, not a P.O. box, not my, not my business, my home residential address. Number three, my date of birth. And number four, my, again, another identifier number, so driver's license, passport number, whatever number, official government number identifies me with them, and a copy of that, the front page. So a copy of my driver's license needs to be uploaded, or if I'm using my passport, upload a, a copy of my passport up to this uh, this platform. And that'll then uh, satisfy my requirements. Now, the good news is that if I'm somebody who, like a syndicate of my clients or or even an LP who's, well, LP probably wouldn't wouldn't be caught up in that, but somebody who's just constantly you know, filing any. I've got 20 entities, I file two or three or four entities every year, then there's going to be a shortcut for you because you're going to be able to get a, a sort of an identification number. So you you upload everything once, you get that identification number, and then you're allowed to use that identification number for the following one. So Ideally, at least in theory, it's going to be the first time. is going to be kind of the mass upload everything. But once they have that, if you want, you can request a special identifier number that you can use in the future.
1: Okay, excellent. And um, when does this need to be filed? As I understand it, for any new LLC in two thousand twenty four, this is just going to be part of the registration process. But you know, we've got all kinds of LLCs that are. You know, prior to 2024, what do we? Can you tell us what we do with yeah. the old ones and how we do the new ones?
0: Yep. So they're all going to be divided as pre January 1st, 2024, and post January 21st, uh, 2024. Anything pre, right? So everything that you have filed or owned that is active. Remember, these are entities. You may have set up this entity 25 years ago, and you have a rental property in there, and it's and you still have the rental property. That out that 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 counts, right? I mean, there are clients of mine that have literally over 100 LLCs because they have a lot of properties and a lot of deals, and so. Any active business that's been in existence before January 1st, you're going to have one year, basically until the end of 2024, right? So technically January 1st of 2025, although I always say that's the holiday, so it's going to be January. It's going to be December 31st of 2024. But you have one year to comply with all this regulatory stuff, right? So that gives you some time. Highly recommend you don't wait till the end, but uh, at least start thinking about it. But you've got a little bit of breathing room. Uh, And if you've got one or two, it's not a big deal. But like I said, one of my clients had 117 of them. And so we've got to work through 117 LLCs to get compliant on this stuff. And then if you filed it starting January 1st of 2024. So in 2024 into the future, moving forward, you're going to have to file this within 90 days. Now I know we're going to give out a report and that report said 30 days, but they recently, since that report, this is like cutting edge, Jim. This is like, this is now uh, <laughs> yeah. they, the, the, uh, the FinCEN, which is a financial network, a crimes enforcement network, uh, just updated that to 90. Primarily, I think, because they don't have their act together. So I'm not sure they're going to be ready to do this in 30 days. But now, so you're going to file an LLC. So let's say you file an LLC on January 20th, you're going to have 90 days from January 20th to comply with this. Or if you file something in August of 2024, you're going to have 90 days from August to file all of this information with a portal. So FinCEN, which is the governmental agency, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, uh, has will set up, because it's not there yet, even though we're we should be there uh they set up something called boss a beneficial owner safe system or secure system i forget the acronym a boss and that's the website or portal that you're going to be entering all of your information and then uploading the documents that you need to upload the driver's license the the ein number you know the the passports all that stuff uh through the boss system now again i should have the stats jim i apologize but i know there's like millions and millions and tens of millions of, of llcs out there that are active so just imagine all of those LLCs, all those people flooding a government website uh, to make sure that uh, it gets filed. So I would not be shocked that that system will get overwhelmed where it might crash or it might, you might not be able to get in and you're trying to, so that's why I encourage you guys to get on this early um, because if, if not, that might be a concern. One other thing about timing is any changes, right? So any amendments that you have from, uh from the time that you, you you set up the llc so let's say there's now a new manager or maybe one of your investors leave making you go from 20 percent to 26 percent so now suddenly you get caught into it you have 30 days to amend any filing you've done right because again um sometimes especially in my world you'll have uh, two co-managers of an llc uh, and then maybe you even add you add a third well now that's that person's going to be a beneficial owner and so we have to amend and that's where it gets tricky because the obligation is on the entity itself and all the beneficial owners to file. And, you know, who's gonna do that? Is it the manager? Who's the designated person? Who's responsible? And if they don't do it you know, and you get caught up in that. So there's some best practices that I'm actually working through. I'll probably release a video, or maybe we can come back and talk about it as well, like best practices in terms of like amending operating agreements to specify, look, you're going to be Jim, you're the guy in charge of making sure we're compliant with this thing. And and, and if you screw up and if you like, you're, you're going to indemnify me because you, you're the one who's responsible for updating this information. And if you don't, I don't want to get on the hook because as you know, from the report, the, the, the the penalties are pretty high. They're pretty egregious, honestly. Uh, that's probably one of the more interesting factors is is what the penalties are for noncompliance because the government isn't messing around.
1: Yeah, well, let's talk about the penalties then. What what do we uh, what are we up for if we skip out on this?
0: Yeah, so if you just the regular fine, right on the on the civil side, which is which is no jail time there, but on the civil side, it's five hundred dollars per day right? And it's going to be per entity, right? So wow. very similar. I don't know if you, guys, if you guys know, but if you have international, it's, it's kind of, it's very similar to when you have international companies or international bank accounts. You have all these requirements to, to file and, and let the government know you have these. And the penalties there are about $10,000 a day. So here it's only $500 a day, maximum 10 grand. But on the criminal side, you can get up to jail time, up to two years in prison if you, if you do. Now, I don't know if that means I can't imagine if you miss it for a day, you're gonna end up uh, in jail for two years. But if you continually insist and, and, you, and you pass the deadline, and I'm, I'm sure they'll send you reminders, and at some point it gets to the point where it's criminal, then you're going to have 2 years. Now if you're intentionally doing this, the number can go up as high as 250 grand and up to 5 years of imprisonment. I think that, that's if you're intentionally defrauding or intentionally trying to get around the rules, maybe you know, my guess is and again we don't know, but my guess is you're 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 you're, you're providing wrong information intentionally because you don't want to reveal your home address and you're you're uploading fake documents. I mean the penalties are egregious like it, you really don't want to mess around with this stuff the government's obviously taking this very seriously whether we agree with it or not or whether we think it's a violation of our privacy or not they're going to take it seriously it's going to be interesting to see you know how aggressive they go after uh, the, the the people who who violate it because remember ignorance of the law you know i was having this discussion because i talked about this on our podcast you know you know we have a podcast yeah. called drunk real estate and, and 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 jay scott one of our co coast he's like. What if I don't know? I mean, this, I don't follow the news. I don't know anything about this. Like, I I don't know about this new requirement. Well, you know, it kind of seems unfair that I get penalized because I didn't know that you had nobody told me. Right. And so it's, it's, you know, ignorance of the law is not an excuse. So, so this is why I I appreciate you. and I'm trying to put light into this and, 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 and folks like you and your podcast, Jim, your amazing podcast, helping folks become aware of this yeah this this is, this is a lot so i think we we've, we've covered the basics so now i have a couple of
1: like situational questions yeah um let's say i'm in a i'm in a llc with 10 other people and we all own 10% right so we're below the 25% threshold the llc has to file so you know one of us has to figure that out so what do each do each of the members need to file or are we exempt from filing as individuals because we own less than
0: 10% the question i would ask you is who's the manager Right? Are they? Are they? Are they all managing? Like, so usually there's one or two managers, right? Of that ten, it's very rare that I see ten managing members, right? So typically it'll be one manager, two, three managers, you know, one to three. So those three would absolutely be a beneficial owner because they have significant control over the entity. Uh, and again, don't get caught up on ownership because if one of those ten percent owners happens to have a 51% voting for some reason, right? Because that's what happens, right? People try, and, in order to avoid, this is what the government's thinking, in order to avoid these uh, legislations or these these laws in different countries, people play around. Like there's something called bearer shares, right? Where you literally, the, the owner of the company is the one that that physically has the, the shares, right? And But I have control. And so it's possible for somebody to say, look, I own 50%. I don't want to have to register. So let me just take 24.9% but I'm going to have control. So even though I'm not on the paperwork as in control, I'm really at the end of the day in control. That's what they're trying to catch. So it doesn't really matter so much of the, I mean, the ownership is important, right? Because it's, because it's, it's 25%. But if you have significant control, it is, it is possible that you have 10% ownership, but significant control. And certainly the manager and the manager, the managers, those, the, those folks would absolutely have significant control, right? Because they, they dictate what can happen.
1: OK, so, you know, in, in our community, at left field investors, we use a tribe vest. It's a group investing platform and it allows us to just pool capital. So we, we might have a tribe with 12 people in it and everybody has different ownership shares, but it's unlikely that anyone's over 25 percent. And the manager is, you know, sometimes. Uh, tribe Vest might be the the manager. So maybe they're responsible for it. And other groups like that, like the 10% one I mentioned, um, everyone is kind of a manager, but maybe in the operating agreement, we picked randomly, somebody could be, would be president. Someone would be vice president just for the purpose of the operating agreement. But I feel like for those LLCs, if I'm in one of those, I want to just file the information, right? There's nothing, there's no downside right. to me saying, "Hey, here it is,
0: right? No, but yeah. So I mean, it all goes back to this this term, significant control, right? So if there's a president, and at the end of the day, you know, they're gonna again. I don't know how deep they're gonna do it, but but if somebody's auditing your company, and they're like, are all ten of you always f- signing everything? And if you need to go to Costco and buy a pencil, do all ten of you get in the car and go? Or is there somebody? There's usually somebody, a president, a CEO, a VP, or whatever. Usually the manager uh, that has the significant day-to-day control. It's very rare that all ten. And so they'll just dig in. They're not again. They're not going to care about the the kind of the structure itself they're going to look through that it's very similar to our syndication well they look through all this the smoke and mirrors and it's like well did somebody have significant control there's got to be somebody that doesn't have to be if you can show that all ten of you every time there was a decision that all ten of you got into a room and you voted and and, and everybody had ten percent vote and whatever the majority was went, then I think you've got a good argument there. But most most of the time, that's not what happens. There's there's one or two or three managers or one or two or three people that have significant control. Those individuals would have to then uh, they become a beneficial owner and would have to uh, report this to FinCEN.
1: Okay, and and just to kind of dig in again, because we use a lot of tribe best tribes and those those typically are if each of us own 10 percent, We all vote on everything. Every all the decisions are made as a group. Now, someone might be in the operating agreement as an officer of the company, but these are all group decisions on the portal where we vote. It's clear that it's a group. So it seems to me that to be safe, I would want to register personally all of my tribe
0: LLCs. Yeah, I mean, there's always there's, there's always. You could definitely be more conservative than needed. Like so, so I'm tip in my world. I'm usually talking to people who don't want to do it, right? But if you don't care and you're like, hey, I'd rather do it just to be safe. There's nothing that's going to prohibit you from doing. It. I'm sure the government would love to, to get that information from you. But again, when you say there's an on the operating agreement, there's an officer, if that I would take a close look at whoever that officer is, because if that person, you know, is doing something without the approval of the other 10, that person may have significant control and that individual may have to do it no matter what. But if all 10 of you said, look, I don't want to mess with it, I don't want to risk it, let's just put it in the operating agreement that we're all going to you know, do this. Uh, I haven't seen the website, so maybe it doesn't allow you. Maybe they says, "Hey, what what percentage do you own? Ten percent?" And they said, "Do you have significant control?" No, and then maybe they block you and they don't allow you. I, we haven't seen it; it's not out yet, so, so we okay. don't know what it looks like. You know, not par for the course, right? So uh, as soon as Boss is up and running, uh, maybe we'll do some content on on how it looks and and how it works. And so.
1: I, I'm I'm investing in a lot of syndications, as are you know most of the people listening to this podcast. So I'm gonna assume and, and get confirmation from you, those I don't have to worry about because I don't own t- more than
0: twenty-five percent of any of those, and I have zero control. So those are those are good, right? A hundred percent. Like most most syndications, investors are a separate class, and the reason they're in a separate class is because even if they own thirty percent of the company, they wouldn't have thirty percent control. And so I get, well, I guess if they did own 30%, but even then you got to be, it's like with the lenders, even if you own 30% of class a, right? If class a only owns 80%, it's an 80, 20 split, then you're of the company. You're not going to own whatever the math is there, you're going to own 30% of, of 80, which I I don't know what the numbers are, but, but yeah, I don't think LPs and syndications have much to worry about. I think it's more in that one. It's going to be the sponsors, like who are the managers or the GPs or who the GPs are the GPs. And then there's a special class, class B that has all the significant control who has the, you know, who are those members. And again, they're going to be the sponsors. So I think sponsors are going to be definitely caught up in the net most likely.
1: Okay. So let's talk about, you know, somebody who's in maybe 12, uh, tribe vest, LLC tribes, and maybe has five or six other LLC entities that, you know, they might be with a couple people, maybe one person, maybe four or five. So I have, you know, maybe 20 LLCs that I'm talking about. Um, Do I just do that on my own? Or is there somebody that can help me comply? And if there is someone who can help me comply, how much is that going to set me back if, if we've even gotten that far?
0: A hundred percent. You can definitely get people to to, to, um, to comply, help you comply. We actually are doing that for our clients and we're happy to do it for other people as well. But we, we like I said, I've said over a over thousand of these. And so I've got a thousand clients. I don't know how many of those are active, but there are clients that are still out there. So we're doing that service. Most people I've checked with are charging somewhere between 200 and $250 for that compliance, as long as it's straightforward. Where it gets complicated, which we honestly don't know how long it's going to take, so I think we're going to do the same thing as most, which is like we'll do it for two or two fifty, and then anything you know if it's complicated, we'll just probably do it at an hourly rate. You know, pretty I mean we're having paralegals do this, but you know again if you're if you have an LLC and you own it, you know you and I own an LLC gym, pretty straightforward, right? But if, I own, if there's an LLC and that's owned by another LLC and that other LLC is owned by your holding company and my holding company, and then those holding companies are owned by our living living trust, and then, and then you know, like it starts to get layered, that gets messy. And so that's probably going to be an hourly rate, which is what, I, again, I've called around. That's kind of the industry I think is going to happen. But, but you can reach out to us, and I'll tell you how to do that in a second, or just reach out to whoever set up your LLC to begin with. They most likely have either they can do it in-house there or they can refer you to somebody to do it. But we're happy to do it.
1: Excellent. I mean, this was fantastic information. Um, It does not. I mean, it doesn't sound fun, but it's not as daunting as uh, as I thought when I first heard of this. It's just some basic information. I don't want to do it, but I will comply. I don't want to pay or go to jail. So, is there anything else we need to know about this? And I'd love to hear uh, where we can go to get this report, the Corporate Transparency Act, uh, the the report
0: that you wrote. Can you give us uh, that information? Yeah. So you can, if you email CTA, which is for Corporate Transparency Act, CTA at PLG. LP.com, PLGLP.com, because I'm with Premier Law Group. So CTA at PLGLP.com. We'll email that report to you. I've actually updated it already to because the old report said 30 days. I think, Jim, that's the one you saw. Now it's yep. been updated to 90 days. And we'll continue to update that. And what's cool about that is what if you, if you get that report, what'll happen is as, as new reports come in or anything related to the Corporate Transparency Act, like for example, I'm working on best practices, like some of those questions you asked me. And I think people need to amend their operating agreements to address this so that li- because there's liability issues. Uh, every time we have new content about that, we'll, we'll, we'll include it to whoever's requested the reports. We'll have that list from you guys, and we'll make sure you guys are updated uh, with all the new information as it comes along.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Uh, this was fantastic information. We really appreciate it. And, uh, and Mauricio, we look forward to – I'll announce it right here. You're going to be one of the uh, speakers at the uh, Best Ever Conference for the Passive Investing with Left Field uh, Day at, at the Best Ever Conference. So we're super excited. So we'll, if we don't talk to you before then, we'll definitely see you in April.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in April and uh, yeah, it's going to be a great event. All right. Thanks a lot, Mauricio. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate you, man. Are you looking for a way to invest in a lower minimum and
1: participate in more deals? Look no further than our weekly deal webinars hosted in collaboration with TribeVest. With every deal we offer, left field investors have the option to join an open tribe, allowing you to invest for as little as $10,000. No need to meet the standard $50,000 minimum. Joining an open tribe is easy. TribeBest handles all of the setup, fund collection, and distribution, and even provides K 1s for tax time. All you have to do is sign up. Stay up to date with LFI by subscribing to our emails and gaining clubhouse access to join our deal webinars and open tribes. Don't miss out. Thanks for hanging out in the left field with us today. If you are interested in becoming a left fielder, you can find us on the World Wide web at www.leftfieldinvestor.com and click the subscribe button to join our community. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe to the show on your podcast player so you don't miss an episode. If you really enjoyed the show, a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast would be appreciated.
0: This show is for entertainment purposes only.